The problem is the problem is not there aren't, that there aren't solutions. The problem is that it's hard to stick to the solution. Hello, hairdressers. I'm Sid Charisse. And I'm David Bosher. You're listening to Destroy the Hairdresser, the podcast. A one-on-one coaching company for hairdressers by hairdressers. If you are still using a front desk in your salon, it may be time to future-proof your business with Aura Salonware. Aura allows you and your team to check clients out from any device. That means there's no need for a front desk or front desk overhead. What's even more amazing is that clients can check themselves out using the Aura app from their own device. With Aura Salonware, you can finally let technology streamline your business. Start removing your front desk today by visiting aurasalonware.com slash DTH to receive special discounts and promos. Do you know what your hair color is costing your business? Well, SalonScale does. Discover how SalonScale's cost-saving technology can save your business money. Their mobile app and Bluetooth scale accurately calculate the cost of hair color usage. It records formulas, tracks product usage in real time, helps manage expenses, reduce waste, and boosts profit. We want to give all of our listeners 10% off their first year of SalonScale by visiting salonscale.com slash DTH. And for our current students in our one-on-one coaching program, you will receive 25% off all team and solo annual plans. Ask your coach for details to redeem. So our episode that we did where we read former submissions was pretty popular. So we Mm -hmm. thought we would do it again. And it sparks some good conversation. So uh, we have a submission here that says, I recently opened my salon and I would love to just make sure I'm doing everything I can to support my team and make our salon thrive and be as profitable as possible. So sweet. It is sweet. And it's when we hear submissions like this, we're like, oh, they're going to sign up Mm -hmm. because they're already coming from a place of like, it's me. Mm -hmm. I'm the problem. It's me. I need (laughs) to. And what I really like about this is that this person, if and when they sign up, is going to learn. They they said, I want to make sure I'm doing everything I can to support my team. I want to be clear for all the saloners out there. If you open a salon and you have a fair commission and you offer freedom, you're already doing 99% more than what other salons are doing. If you are- It's so above the industry standard that like- Yes. And that's what we're trying to do at Destroy the Hairdressers, help people go above the current standard and create a new standard. But I, what I really want people to understand is that when you offer freedom, and it's these three things, fair commission- which we say is between 46 and 48%. Fair commission, uh, freedoms, and their, they can choose their pricing, they can choose their schedule, all those things. And what was the other thing I said? There was one more. Support. Well, that's already more support. Freedom in pricing, freedom in schedule, freedom in, just freaking freedom. Freedom in. <laughs> and the idea here is like... Fair commissions, that's what you said. Fair commissions. All those things kind of wrapped up. You're already doing more than most people. So when you come into coaching, you're really just learning how to hold space for that. Because I think people I think people think leadership is like a chart that like is supposed to just keep going up. Mm-hmm. That's not how leadership is. Leadership should just be very steady and consistent. Yeah. Right? Like... The minute you're like, maybe I should change the the their uh, commission rate, then you know that your leadership is frazzled. Uh, it's frazzled, right? Yeah. When it's like, no, stay the course. And I will say that I think the most successful students we have are the ones that re- start to realize they don't have to react to 
their fears or their staff's concerns or all the, like sometimes you have mm-hmm. to, but learning to not react and just stay the course that you have already set up and that everyone else can kind of, you know, jump around and they're on their own roller coaster and life takes them in different directions. But as long as you're just going in the direction that you want to go and people that want to follow you, follow you and your team that you want wants to be led by you, you're doing so much more than most. A lot of leadership for salons, I think, is doing less. Uh, Absolutely. I I think the number one thing I remind my students as leaders is worry about yourself. Yeah. (laughs) Because when you start trying to micromanage your team's success or micromanage the support, it creates this really icky, like, spiral. And we've seen it. Like, you start forgetting all of the things that you want. You start losing everything. I will say when leaders start to shift and worry about themselves and focus on themselves, they start to do this thing that's really proactive and they're able to hold space to support their team. Right. What I cannot stress enough, and this is the hardest part about owning a business and leading other people, for the love of God, you have to be okay with them being in pain. <laughs> and what I mean by that is like, because I, when you read that submission, the first thing I hear is... How do I alleviate all their pain? Yes. And how, I'm a people pleaser. I'm hearing it deep into the gut of that mm-hmm. submission. I'm a people pleaser. I want to support them. Or and, I want them to make money. Yeah. And it's like, they will or they won't. And it's not up to you. And it's not up to you. And what your job is to make sure the business is sustainable, that it's offering what you've con- like told them that they were going to get, that you're hiring new people, like that's your job that you're supporting them when they ask for support, that they need support, you hold them accountable, you you encourage them, but their success is not up to you. And I think that's the thing that is really hard. And when you see them go through the struggles, I, I mean, even as a coach, it's hard to not be like, let me fix it because you see the answer and they don't, but you have to let them struggle a little bit. The the reason you figure it out on their own. And the reason you have to let them do that is because if you give them the answer, they aren't going to use it anyway. How many times have you had that friend that complains, complains, complains about their relationship and you're like, break up with them because that is the answer. Yeah. And they're just like, like they They ignore you. Yeah, they don't even hear it. And they keep talking about the problem. They're like, yeah. And then they just keep going. And then months later, they're like, I broke up with so-and-so. And And you're like, I've been saying that. And they're like, I know. Usually it's years. Yeah. And so it's like, (laughs) that's the thing. It's like, what a waste of energy. You become resentful. You get angry. It's like, no. Right. I've And I've had to learn this the hard way too. Just... When you're working in the salon industry and you see someone struggling, I mean, you sometimes just want to rip the comb out of their hand or the blow dryer out of the hand. <laughs> Let me like, help what you. What are you doing, <laughs> right? And some people actually, I mean, people have done that to me when I was younger. Yeah. I don't, I've probably done that to someone. Um, but learning, and I hear salon owners going, but what if they, you know, fuck up the client? It's my, you know, it's my client or it's, it represents the salon a bad way. I can tell you right now, if you're so worried about the salon's reputation that you're expecting perfection, you will dig yourself into the fastest grave possible because perfection doesn't exist. Mistakes are the norm. They're they're required to learn. They're a requirement. And not only they're a requirement, your job is not to run around all day trying to avoid the mistakes, get, you know, avoid mistakes from happening or putting out little fires. Your job is to let those fires happen. And then when your stylist comes to you, you say, go get the fire extinguisher. Well, they they 
put out the fire so much that then the stylist doesn't know how to handle never learns uncomfortable conversations they are avoidant they don't even have the confidence to deal with the situation and it's like you want to support them that like i always tell our team like i am there if you need me if you need me to step in i'm there yeah. but i'm going to guide you to solving your own problems because if they don't learn that that's where a lot of this rental exodus happened. There was so much taken away from the individual and then they get fed up and resentful and they leave and then they go out there and they're like, oh my God, this they're is so ready. much harder. I'm not ready. And then they end up going back and it's frustrating. And Or they end up not going back and their business just starts failing. Mm-hmm. We get a lot of submissions from suite owners who are like, I wasn't ready for this or I can't afford my rent or my clients didn't follow me. I haven't paid taxes me, in six years. Ta- yeah. It is wild. And... It's sad to us because at Story the Hairdresser, we focus on coaching current and aspiring commission salons. And I think people assume that we are anti... I think our marketing is so... Pro-hairdresser. Pro-hairdresser and disruptive that people think that being... It's sad that our industry thinks that being pro-hairdresser means being anti-commission. Yeah. And we're not that. We're pro-commission, pro-hairdresser. And when when I see people that are trying to open salons... I will, you have to understand every salon owner opens their salon thinking they're going to do it differently. Yeah. Every business owner thinks that. And what happens is life takes place, perfectionism takes over, the ego starts the universe yelling goes, oh, at yeah? you. <laughs> the universe, yeah. What happens is they start, life happens and they start defaulting to natural reactive behavior. And that's why you see the salon industry having the same issues over and over and over. And I can't tell you how many people think, how many people call us and say, my salon's unique. Here's what's happening. And, <laughs> and you're it's like, like, I'm like, I heard that all five I've, calls today. Yeah, exactly. It's like, it's, <laughs> you know, it's not unique. It's, it's so common mm-hmm. that it's alarming. Yeah. And now a word from our sponsors. What if you could still give your clients great hair with less products? What if that product line made you money with less inventory on the shelves? What if that product line was also made with gentle ingredients, is biodegradable, and the packaging is refillable? All this may seem impossible, but with Hair Story, it is possible. Hair Story is a brand that is equal parts mindful as it is great hair. Give your clients amazing products while filling your bank account with extra cash. Ready to try new wash for free? Visit hairstory.com DTH to get pro access today. We have spent the last year working with our amazing partners at CTX to bring you Hairdresser Healthcare. We at Destroy the Hairdresser, in a groundbreaking collaboration with health industry veterans, are bringing our listeners health plans that cover every professional in the beauty industry. This includes individuals, teams, and families. We are currently in the process of ensuring thousands of beauty professionals in all 50 states. Healthcare benefits are now open, and guess what? There's no enrollment deadline. Sign up during any month of the year and gain health benefits quickly. Get your name on the list by visiting destroythehairdresser.com slash hairdresser healthcare. The only reason we could create Destroy the Hairdresser was because the problems are so common that we didn't have to look very hard to find solutions to mm-hmm. them. The problem is the problem is not there are, that there aren't solutions. The problem is that it's hard to stick to the solution. Well, that the solutions aren't... Just because it's, solution, it's a solution doesn't mean you're going to like it. It most likely means you will and not like it. And I think like people it. assume... I have a problem. I need a solution, but they want it to be comfortable. Yeah, people assume the solution means I'll be happier right away. And it's like, no, you're going to go through some pain points. Like, if anybody remembers an episode from like, I think it was early last year, we did one called Four Phases. I mean, that's exactly it. Like, you have to go through the process of it's not going to be uncomfortable. It's not going to be comfortable. I mean, 
even small problems, sometimes the solution is so uncomfortable. I just think about like eating healthy. <laughs> yeah. We know the solution to health. We know the solution to feeling good. And we still every day choose not to. I'm <laughs> drinking a hot chocolate cinnamon. That was a gift. Two shot espresso. You know what I mean? Like, I know that's not good for mm-hmm. me. And then I'll complain that my stomach hurts and I'll complain that I have a headache. You know? And you're like, why? And why? But I know why. And it's the same in our industry. We wonder why. Why does no one do the towels? Because nobody We want wants that magic to. fix. That's why pain point, market, pain point marketing can sometimes be... Oh, it's clever. It's clever, but it's awful because I think people... The first thing we tell our students is we, we are not going to... We are not going to solve our pro- your problems. You are going to solve your problems. Yeah. And we're going to hold your hand through it. Yeah. And you're going to do it. And I think that's why it's so fulfilling and rewarding to be in coaching because it's not this magic template or I'm. you get a coach in your business that's fixed. Do you want to know why coaching companies use benchmarks and we don't? Why? Most coaching companies use benchmarks to say, well, it didn't work because you didn't hit the benchmarks. Mm-hmm. DTH, we can't do that. No. Because we don't, I don't want to do that. I don't either. want to do that. I don't want to tell someone. I don't have the energy. <laughs> I don't want to tell someone. Oh, you know, trap them by saying, "Well, I'm going to put you in a box," the, and then you didn't really fit in the box. Yeah, the reason your business didn't work is because you didn't really use our techniques because you didn't hit A, B, and C. Mm-hmm. With DTH, we do have things we want you to work on, but at the end of the day, if you fail, you fail. Yeah. Oh, whether we held your hand or you, or we didn't or whatever, like there's, we're and not- And that could happen to you in any coaching program. Exactly. It could happen to you with or without a coach. The difference is we're not going to sit here and go, oh, well, the reason you failed is because you didn't do, you know, you didn't hit your retail mark. So how, we can't, we can't promise you anything. We don't promise you anything from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Like you said, it's, it's just like getting a personal trainer. You can get the personal trainer. The personal trainer is not fully responsible for your results because the personal trainer can't go to your house and make sure you show up. I mean, they could. Can't sit there and feed. I mean, if you pay someone to do all these things. Oh my gosh, sure. sit there and feed you. I would love that. I know. Just feed me Here, what I'm every to meal. Eat. I just, oh, it's time for a snack. Okay. Is that what I'm eating? Cool. But the problem is, <sighs> okay, life. I do that for a year and then my personal trainer's gone. Then I what? go right back. I didn't learn anything. No, I go right back to eating. I didn't learn how to make it. That, this is how you know we've been recording for a long time because <laughs> that is the most bizarre example uh, we've ever given. <laughs> but it makes sense. It does. Does it? Or yes. does it just make sense to you and I because we're delusional? <laughs> what if they listen? We listen to this later and it's just us going, oh, like we're not even speaking words, but in our heads we're having this whole conversation. Cartoon. Towards the end of a day of recording, we get really delirious. Oh but God. it is absolutely true. When you have a team and you take away every opportunity for them to learn for your own comfort and removing their discomfort, you're, you, you're already failing. Because yeah. that's the worst thing you do. I don't care if your team screams and yells yells at you. You have to have the like upper knowledge. The well, the if they certainty. scream and yell at you, you should fire them. Yeah, but like the <laughs> you have to have the certainty to say like no. Well, I think people. I know this is scary, but I think I'm here to support you. Jump in because they think if I don't, they're gonna think I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, that happens a lot too. But in reality. You know what you're doing so much to the point of, I know what I'm doing and you're going to learn how to do it too. Mm-hmm. And we don't take the time to do that. It's kind of like when you have kids and you're like, clean your room and they don't. Clean your room and they don't. And then you finally just clean their room because they don't. Yeah. <laughs> that child just learns that, oh, well. If I don't clean my if room, I don't clean my it'll room, get cleaned. You know, my parents will clean it. Versus let's talk about why you should clean your room. <laughs> I remember my dad, I, I don't know if I told this, I probably told this story a long time ago. 
Um, I grew up in a household where like the punishment for breaking a rule was the consequence itself. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like you were in trouble. It was just there was a consequence. So we, my dad had a rule that if you lived in his house, you could not have a tattoo or a piercing. Mm -hmm. You could get a tattoo or a piercing once you lived on your own, but if you were still living at home, um, then you then you couldn't get one. So my brother had moved home from college and went out with friends and he got an eyebrow ring. <laughs> this is like the early, late yeah. the late 1900s <laughs> or the early 2000s. <laughs> and uh, he had an eyebrow ring and he didn't think a lot about it because yes, he was living at home, but he was in college. And he was like 19. He was an adult, He didn't yeah. like think much about it. But I'm sure because my dad's pretty... He's not strict, but he's clear. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure he knew that it was a risk, right? He was testing the waters for sure. Of course. So he comes He comes home and I remember I'm sitting there. I'm young. I'm 10 years younger than him. So I'm probably nine-ish. And I'm looking at him and I see the ring in his eyebrow. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> I like, and of course I'm deviant. So I'm just like, let's see how this turns out. And my dad looks at him and says, nice eyebrow. And like, he's cooking dinner or nice eyebrow ring. He's cooking dinner. And you can see my brother kind of like. But like, there was no anger. So no he anger. probably was like. No anger whatsoever. Um, And my, my brother Dustin's like, oh, thank you. Like, thanks. Like, I just got it and whatever. And so. The night goes on and I'm like, oh, okay. So like as a child watching, I'm like, okay, the consequence has changed maybe because he's an adult. I don't mm-hmm. know. And I, my brother leaves to go out with friends and my dad, it's winter, it's January in Michigan. Oh my God, I'm and my, so sweaty. My dad story. is like, I hear him downstairs, like kind of things are like, he's banging away at something. And I see him hauling things up the stairs and out side into the driveway and I'm like what is going on <laughs> and then I realize he's dismantling my brother's room oh. and putting it outside in the middle of January yeah the bed the the like stuff just like outside and he wasn't mad he was just it was, and just, it was just like you don't live here anymore you obviously don't you can't live here I t- that was the rule if you if you live here you can't do those things so you did that thing and so I'm not mad, but that's the consequence. And so I grew up learning really tough lessons. Well, actually, I didn't learn the lessons. I watched my brother learn the <laughs> lessons. But I, I learned a lot from that, which was... There are consequences. You're not in trouble because you're human. And at the end of the day, it's not about the ring or the tattoo. It was just about there was a rule and a boundary. You crossed it. I don't need to be mad at you about it, but there is a consequence to it. And I think that's what's missing in a lot of businesses I don't have to be mad at you for but you to... when you respect your business, you have boundaries. Exactly. So I don't have to be mad at you because you did something, but I can still hold you accountable to it. Mm-hmm. And I can still fire you if you don't do it. That's simple. But I don't have to be controlled by my reaction to it. I'm sure my dad was mad. Yeah. But you could see that it was more about one plus one is two. It was very simple. It was very clear. Yes. So I think there's a lot of benefit to that. So um, if your staff doesn't listen, just move all their shit outside in January. Next time on Destroy the Hairdresser, the podcast. When you tell someone they can't raise their prices because of A, B, and C, it's... It hurts everyone. 